Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. And we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Please join us for this special edition podcast. The Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, the main trade association for the drug industry, wrote $14.3 million in checks in 2015 to a panoply of nonprofit think tanks, disease advocacy groups, and charities. The money is spread around liberally to win friends, to win influence, and to win the influencers to its side so that when legislation comes up in state capitals or in Congress, Pharma can rely on this coalition to make the phone calls and write the emails that supports the bill it wants to pass and oppose the one it wants to kill. Here with us to talk about this and follow the big pharma money trail is Tarbell journalist Randy Barrett. Randy wrote the inaugural story for Tarbell, a new nonprofit reader-funded independent journalism project. Randy, welcome to Nurse Talk, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. So the headline of your article is How Big Pharma Keeps Drug Prices High. So give us a quick little overview of your piece and what you found. Well, uh, we some of the people, of course, go to the pharmacy and are seeing these astronomical prices, and uh, it's just not very clear why it's happening. And we dug in and really looked at the industry and, and how it's, the whole pharmaceutical industry is set up to keep prices high, everything from you know a lot of lobbying dollars that are going into Washington which is a very big part of it, but also for laws that are friendly to pharma's monopolies. Pharma has monopoly power in America because it can charge what it wants uh, for new drugs because it's a closed market. And pharma has made very sure, working through Congress, that uh, drugs cannot be imported from outside the United States to help equalize the market. So that's one of the big things pharma has done over the years. And the other thing is it's made sure the government can't negotiate for Medicare drugs in Part D. Mm -hmm. Uh, The government is an enormous buyer of of drugs, uh, pharmaceuticals, but can't negotiate with the drug industry by law. That's really what's what's driving it. And so you Mm -hmm. gave this $14.3 million figure for 2015. Do you have figures for 2016 and 17? I imagine it's probably higher even. Well, it, it probably is. The IRS filings that the trade associations are, are required to release always lag by about 18 uh, months. So those oh, are the most recent figures we have. But we, we dug into the Pharmaceutical Industry Association, the main association, Pharma, and they spent in 2015 $14.3 million. And that's not really lobbying money. That's money that's given to groups uh, that it wants to be friends with. So it ranges everything from local civic groups to national advocacy groups like NAMI, National Association for the Mental Ill, uh, to uh, cancer, American Cancer Society. They basically spread this money around to to hundreds of groups. There's about 300 groups to essentially put them in the friend column and tap them when they need them. The more friends they can have with these groups that are are ranged from universities to uh, disease advocacy groups to local civic groups, they can call on them to make the pharma argument. And in many cases, these groups do step forward for them and say, well, we really shouldn't have foreign drug that's not safe. So they're basically carrying pharma's message. Uh, and, and also what's very important is pharma gives money to groups to keep them quiet. So if you look at the American Cancer Action Network, which is part of the American Cancer Society, they got a good deal of money, and it basically keeps them on the sidelines. So let's see, they got $66,500 in 2015, And the American Cancer Society is silent on the issue of drug prices, even though, as we know, drug chemo prices are some of the highest in the United States of all the world. So here you have the main association that says nothing about drug pricing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The same is true for NAMI, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill. 
they got $100,000 in 2015, and they say nothing on the drug price issue, and some of the antipsychotics are among the highest price. So it's you can begin to see it's a very insidious and but very effective strategy to keep uh, friends in their column vocal, and on the other side, for people, that, uh, organizations that they want to keep quiet, the money keeps them quiet. So, Randy, both Republican and Democratic lawmakers take money from Big Pharma. What about the legislative groups and then the senators and Congress people that, that, that are taking money as well? Sure. And when we dug into that, and uh, during the 2016 election cycle, the pharmaceutical industry spent about $62 million on Congress. And basically what they do is they split that money almost down the middle, both on the Republican side mm-hmm. and on the Democratic side. And whatever party is in power... They lean a little bit more that way. But they're very careful to hedge their bets because they never know when the, the other party is going to come into power. Right. So now we have a health and human services czar that's the former CEO of Big Pharma. How do things look Correct. now? Well, it's, that's interesting. Uh, Alex Azar came from Eli Lilly. He spent five years there as the president of their U.S. division. And during that time, critics point out they raised the price of their insulin drug and several others. Uh, three times. So, you know, this is a guy that not only knows about raising drug prices, he has raised drug prices as a pharmaceutical industry CEO. So here we have him now head of the HHS. Uh, you know, critics say this is, you know, like putting Dracula in charge of the blood bank. His advocates say he's qualified, and I, and I think he is. He did spend time as an undersecretary during the George W. Bush administration. He's the first drug industry chief of HHS in American history. So a lot of people are really doubting that there's going to be any change in drug pricing when you put a guy there who has essentially been part of the problem. Yeah, and still has colleagues and buddies and, you know, people that are going to make money off of this and keeping these prices high. Randy, do you have any uh, ideas or suggestions what people can do to try to help uh, make some change with this? One thing is to pay attention. Um, it's really easy for Washington to kind of do its thing and everybody to say, well, that's Washington. Uh, I, I really recommend people uh, go to the Open Secrets database. It's a wonderful database online. It's called OpenSecrets.org. That's put together by a nonpartisan group that basically tracks all of the election money uh, and lobbying money that goes uh, in and out of in and out of Washington. And you can look up your your senator and congressman. Uh, You can look by industry. You can look by company. It's really really important to to understand and know who essentially is buying and paying for these legislators. That's so very important. I want to say that again, opensecrets.org, because it's important. And all of us have to step up and hold our congresspeople and our senators accountable for this, because, as you said, everybody's taken money from big pharma, and it hurts all of us across the board. Right. And that's true for any industry, you know, the tobacco industry, the energy industry. uh, It really, these industries work this way. And it's really, transparency is hugely important and holding your senators and Congress people accountable is very, very important. So I encourage people to get involved in that way and to actually get vocal with their representatives if they're doing something they don't agree with. Absolutely. So, Randy, we want to thank you so much for being with us today and for all the great work you're doing at Tarbell. For more information on this topic, you can go to tarbell.org or nursetalksite.com.